Good morning, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about gaslighting. Gaslighting is everywhere today, especially now with everything going on in the world, with the media, with the news. And that started with the Industrial Revolution. We are trying to work like machines when we're human. We have lost our touch with our bodies. And that's why gaslighting is so easy in society right now. When you can't hear yourself, you're not used to that, and you're used to talking to your logic, not your intuition, you can't inwardly hear how something is not synchronized with you. And I really want to dive into that today. So the definition from Out of the Fog perfectly states what gaslighting is. Denying another person's experience and reality in order to be right and clear of conscience. Calling manipulation gaslighting might seem odd. The term comes from the play-turned-film Gaslight. In this film, the woman falls quick and deeply into love with her teacher and runs off to marry him. She finds herself isolated in a town where she barely knows anyone and out of grips with reality, continually questioning everything she sees and hears because her lover does not confirm what she sees and hears. He tells her that she is going crazy, that she's not... You know, like she's seeing things. Like she notices the gas lights dim at night. When a lot of gas is being used in a house, as far as gas lights go, they start to dim. That shows there's more power being used. Yet her lover is denying that more power is being used in the house, that someone is using another part of the house at night while he's gone. Gaslighting is also called crazy making. It denies your own experience within your body, denying you are you, yourself, and learning to take on the opinions of others over the facts of what is going on around you. We do this out of deep human desire to be loved and accepted. And it often goes far back into us needing to do some inner child work. Gaslighting doesn't just happen in love relationships, it happens at work, in families, in society. Any relationship has the potential for gaslighting, but all toxic relationships are learned in childhood. It's being taught to disown your intuition, to disown your inner knowing of your own needs and wants. We come into this world feeling and knowing what we need and want, feeling the first feelings of hunger, of wanting nurturing and comfort. As early as a newborn, you can learn to stop hearing the signals of your body, to learn to soothe in a whole other way. To soothe by choosing to disconnect from your own self. Your caregivers start to teach you that your own wants and needs are wrong and that you should listen to what they have to say and their opinion of your own feelings of when you need and want things. You're not only turning off your logic, but you're turning off your body and hearing it. And it keeps a person reliant outside themselves, even though their intuition is screaming, get out, it's not safe, run, you're hungry, you're tired. Your all these other feelings, you just start to quiet them down to numb yourself, and their body may start screaming with dis-ease. Any of these feelings resonate with you from Gaslight Recovery Workbook is a sign. Gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse. The workbook shows us that gaslighting looks like when you are concerned that disagreeing will create drama rather than connection. If you weren't allowed to say no in the past, you can find yourself feeling sick when you feel aligned with saying no rather than saying yes, and you choose yes instead. Your inner guilt and self-sabotage kick in to remind you it's not safe to have a voice. No matter how awful the decision feels, you can't seem to choose not doing it. 
You ask others what to do in your relationship, and if they say stay, when your insides feel you shouldn't do it, you stay. You have this need to prove yourself right by going through the pain of choosing what is wrong. In a way, what's wrong feels like home. Self-sabotage in all your goals occurs, and you fear being successful and making your mother and lover feel left behind. You do all you can to sabotage yourself, and you don't know why you do it. In doing so, it keeps the unity. It prevents the narcissist from separating from you, from disowning you, from rejecting you. You've learned to choose other emotions over the ones you feel, but this causes you to feel numb inside. Choosing a contradicting emotion causes you to feel safe, but when you try to feel the true feelings you have, it's as if you are experiencing an exorcism. Gaslighting sounds like, I wouldn't have said that if you didn't provoke me. You deliberately misinterpreted what I said. You know how I feel about that, and you did it anyway, so the way I've reacted to you is your own fault. That never happened. You sound crazy. You're trying to confuse me. I have no idea what you're talking about. You're remembering it wrong. I am only hard on you because I love you. You are too sensitive. You need to grow thicker skin. You can't take a joke. You're being irrational. If only you knew how to listen. You need to learn to communicate better. You're being so irrational. Don't you think you're overreacting? You always jump to the wrong conclusion. Stop taking everything I say so seriously. Can you hear yourself? I criticize you because I like you. You're the only person I have these problems with. You're reading too much into this. I'm not arguing. I'm discussing. I know what you're thinking. You should have known this wasn't a good time to talk. Why are you so upset? I was only kidding. Why would you think that? What does that say about you? And honestly, the list can go on and on and on. Anytime that gaslighting is used, it is the person trying to push the accountability off of themselves for whatever it is that they did or said. It is an escaping of accountability. Ever watch a small child doing something that you told them just not to do? And when you tell them that you had already asked them not to do that, they go, no, I didn't. And you're like, I saw you. And they say, no, you didn't. I didn't do that. And they keep denying, denying, denying what you saw, what your experience was. That's a form of gaslighting. There's something that I find is a possible sign of an issue with gaslighting. And it's doing anything for yourself can be difficult as far as self-help especially meditation, just sitting with yourself and then all these thoughts occur that I need to be doing this and that. And it's usually things for other people and not for yourself. And then maybe you try to take time for yourself, but then you find you occupy it with doing things on Facebook or something to make other people happy. This can be a symptom of gaslighting. Gaslighting causes us to live outside our bodies, looking for permission we never can find to feel and be without being on edge to make sure others are comfortable. We get lost in believing comfort is discomfort. When we try to change, it can feel like an exorcism. Especially the question of what you want to do with your life or choosing your own path can feel difficult when for years and years of your life, you chose what worked for everyone else to keep yourself from abuse at home. You can find yourself struggling through the motions of what you think society wants you to do, but still feeling empty. You find it's not the home that makes you good enough or happy, not the relationship, not the marriage, not the degree, not the job, not the new greatest latest new audio equipment or the game system. 
No matter how many things you think will impress others, you're left unimpressed within yourself. You own what looks like success, but your body eats away at you. Illness sets in, and you can't understand why. Have an autoimmune disease? It's when the body believes it is the issue. You're attacking yourself. When you are always being gaslighted from early on, and you start to fall into these relationships where gaslighting is happening again and again and again, we don't realize it, but we are continuously telling ourselves that you are the problem. You are the problem. You are the problem. Anytime that you start to be signaled that there is an issue, you decide that what you feel is the problem. How you feel is the problem. Any of those signals that will cause you to reject someone out of your life is the problem. When in reality, you being able to reject something that doesn't feel right for you is being true to yourself. When we start to live in alignment with what is right and wrong for our own compass, then we can start to see things going better with our digestion and anything else that we have an issue with. So what is right and wrong for you rather than what is right and wrong for anyone else you're trying to impress? What if you live to impress yourself? I'm discovering more and more the real cure is just being authentic. So I want to dive into why the gaslighter chooses you and why you choose the gaslighter. According to the gaslighting handbook, two factors are at play here. The manipulator narcissist is looking for someone who is vulnerable, someone who is a people pleaser, someone who is desirable by their success or their looks. If you're willing to overlook them talking to you in a rude, harsh tone, or certain language, foul language, and their abusive behavior, then even better. They're staying if you'll stay for their behavior. If you're too nice, they'll use you up until you have no more of yourself for you. Whether it is your wealth, confidence, success, they will make sure to have power and control over you in that area. An independent woman becomes dependent, so the abuser feels important. Their showering of affection and praise, love bombing, feels like something out of a rom-com and the victim believes they have found the love of their life. I'm going to have something where I go into how the notebook is toxic and some other love things in the media is toxic because there's a lot of toxicity being pushed around like it's love when it's not. The truth is, to fall for a gaslighter, you have to have a deep issue with self-trust. When you can't trust yourself being around other people, you can't trust to choose you as coming first is comfortable and easy. It's imperative as a parent to show your child, even as early on as two I've found you can start this, is to allow your child to be a part of the process of making decisions with you as to what is good for them. Of course, as a parent, guide them towards what is a healthy decision but also let them be part of choosing the fun, the play. Even these small, small decisions that we don't find important allow our child to grow into who they are and allowing themselves to love who they are in their own decisions. The food, so many different things. You can start to show them to hear themselves. Help your child to form an opinion over what they love and what they like, over what you love and what you like so that later on they can start to live in alignment. Showing them to choose alignment early is the best thing you can do. It's imperative as a parent to not hold too tightly and to allow your child to hear themselves within what feels right and what feels wrong for them so they can choose their own safety should you not be there. 
if we create reliance on us as the compass, they'll struggle when they are out of the wor- out in the world, hoping someone will tell them the answers or show them what is right and wrong. Maybe someone will tell them what they need to do or buy for love and acceptance. It's exhausting being gaslighted. You're trying to be accountable for your entire surrounding to keep the narcissist from being triggered. You lose sight of your boundaries, trying to keep yourself in the boundaries of others. It feels like sin to feel good if it doesn't include other people feeling good. You feel accountable to others to heal them, even when you need to take time to heal yourself. It just doesn't sit right with you feeling selfish that you want to heal yourself. When it's not, it's not selfish to want to take time to heal yourself, to take time for you. There are some outdated models about how we deal with pain that are out there. And we often hear it that, well, my generation is uh, stronger than yours because we just suppress our pain and we don't deal with it. And that's pretty much what is being said a lot of the time. It's not worded that way, but it goes around a lot being said that way on Facebook, I see. Holding on to pain doesn't empower you or make you strong. When you hold on to pain, you're working against the grain. Pain needs expression. Your pain needs your acknowledgement, not your rejection. It's over time, it weakens you, and we hear it said in bitterness from others. Our generation is weak for wanting to heal. Living with our problems never faced is like living in a haunted house. The ghosts can pop up at any time, the shadows, the parts of you that you don't want to deal with, and they can take over and ruin your life. The choice is for you if you want to be in charge or allow them to move you, allow everything in your world to move you, even the things that haunt you. Well-intentioned parents can find they blur the lines between their child's individuality and themselves. This is something common in the first-time parents, and it's important to take moments to find yourself again and be separate from your child and separate from your own relationship. In our deep desire to be loved by our parents, we lose the ability to naturally choose where our compass points. We find ourselves exerting extra energy to point an arrow north that wants to go south. Pretending creates tension in our bodies that we learn to ignore because feeling like ourselves with our wants was in sin. It's important to start taking into account how your body responds and how it feels overall when you choose to pretend. Where in your body do you feel it? Does your stomach become unsettled? Do the migraines start? A huge verification for you is how does it feel when you tell yourself that I should do this? And where do you feel I should in your body? I should is like the worst concept ever. The I shoulds feel just as sickening as me thinking of the DMV. And I feel it in my stomach. That it's not true for me. You should never have to give up your values and beliefs, your integrity, your time, your work, your services, your body, your money, or your self-respect in order to receive love. And when you do give up any of these things, expect your body to scream louder. Numbness during trauma is common because we are so used to not feeling our own pain and we try to stop the signals from coming through and get lost in someone else or something else as more important. It also depends on What were you taught early on? Is your pain important or someone else's? I remember when I was younger, I had a cousin who touched me inappropriately. And my family's response was to be quiet and for me to not play at all during the visit anymore and just sit on the couch as if it was my fault. That is something that carried on into later life as it wasn't my body, my choice. 
when the proper parenting thing to do then would have been to show me that my body is important. It is a boundary. We have the power as parents to show our children that they are valued, to show them just how much love they deserve from not only the world, but from themselves. Empaths aren't born able to sense the world so deeply. They are made that way. It has to do with your upbringing. This is a transmission I received weeks ago, and it's been really hard to figure out how to word it. But to go into gaslighting seemed like the best way to start. So I asked my guides why the empath picks up on everything. At an early age, they learn to work the room and to blend with the room. Like a chameleon, they take on the colors. With time, they outgrow this need, but still find themselves picking up on the room, moved by everything around them, wanting to have a voice and be separate from the identity identity given in this world. But they're unable to energetically feel themselves, sense themselves. Out of a need for security and safety, they look to blend with the room around them, losing sight and sound of themselves in it all. Losing themselves, they allow themselves to abandon themselves, as to be invisible to themselves and hopefully to the world. To evade criticism and judgment because their soul can't help but shine their healing light. It calls all who need the codes from it. Empaths make amazing entertainers, comedians, singers, actors, because they can feel the room and if they learn to, they can orchestrate it. They can become the conductor of the band, their audience. I remember as a comedian, I used to allow the room to move me. Then I realized my power to move the room. I could turn a sad and slow room into a powerfully energetic and happy room. How do we move a room and change it to what we want it to be? Get moving. Do some push-ups before you perform. Run around. Get the blood flowing and all the stuck gunk of feeling trapped moved out of your body. Movement is healing. We can feel frozen and unable to move when fearful. If you really want to truly shift a room as a performer, you want to shift yourself. And one of the greatest ways to do this is music. We have a choice in what we embody. Whether it's you singing something out of your comfort zone and just fun, or playing something really upbeat before you get out there. But choose something that moves you. When you choose something that moves other people, it's not really guaranteed that it's going to have the same effect on you. And a truth in itself is that you don't need coffee when you have the power to harness your energy, how you desire from within. Really sense into yourself of what motivates you and ask your soul. It is simply learning to do it. And I will admit, I do love the taste of tea and coffee, so I see why it is hard to resist. Just know you don't need it to bring out your best efforts, your best self, your higher self. We get lost in thinking we need to be a certain way to move someone to want us or like us. You just need to move yourself, to shift your energy, to feel your own energy, and feel how things move you, and you will be open to having the person in your own energy who is aligned to you. To keep others from seeing our flaws, we can start to help them with their own, and it quiets our own need to look at our own also. This isn't always the case, but it does happen consciously or unconsciously. Now, I want you to know this too. The best healer for you will always be you. You have the codes within you, within your shadows, within the shadow self to bring yourself to light, to bring yourself into your true calling and who you are. You have all you need within yourself to speak intuitively, to reach your own audience as you are meant to. 
for you are blessed. I was wondering for a while if this is a real thing, which is kind of funny in itself as it is kind of self-gaslighting when you ask yourself if something is real when it is real for you. So self-gaslighting is what we're going to go over. After years of cognitive dissonance due to your upbringing, you can start to automatically doubt your senses and your thoughts. So what is cognitive dissonance if you don't know what it is? So it's when you're choosing to alter your thoughts to fit your actions. Let's say that you want to stay in a relationship with someone that cheated on you. You might alter your thoughts to it's your own fault that they cheated rather than it is their fault. I know I've said it before, but healing yourself, just hearing yourself is a huge part of it. And when you're not used to it, it does feel like an exorcism. It feels like you're in hell. Every time you choose yourself, you feel like you need to be punished because as a child, you were punished. You may have even been told that you don't know what's best for you. So it's hard to celebrate, but you have to start choosing to celebrate you and celebrate choosing yourself since you never experienced someone doing that for you. We need to stop trying to convince ourselves that things that are problematic are not problematic such as he was driving so violently because I made him mad. I should be more careful about what I say rather than holding him accountable for being a reckless driver. It's common for a gaslighter to create a problem on top of a problem to distract from a problem. No matter what you do or say, a person has a choice. The power of choice is in their response. You can choose your response to anything that happens to you. So there are a lot of ways to work past gaslighting aftermath. And I think something that speaks in itself is my two-year-old is a lot more responsive and loves to be involved in my decision-making with him than I had ever perceived because I love to ask him questions as to what he would rather do, and I let him have a choice in what the consequences are also. So I include him in decisions, and he absolutely loves it. The reason I state this is as even adults, we don't choose to include ourselves in our decisions of what is right for us. Even now, we just look at what is right for society, what is right for everyone else, and what would seem right to everyone if I was doing it. Include yourself in your decision because it is your life. What you really need to start doing is including your body in the decision. You want to feel into what the truth is for whatever decision you are making, whether it's a yes or a no from you. And the, the funnest way to start this off is with food. Or when you first wake up in the morning, think about what you feel like you should be doing and how does it feel? How does it should feel? Does it feel good to work out first thing in the morning? Become aware of your hell no and hell yes before and during action. Or does it feel good to shower and tune into your body and just sense the water and where you feel it on your body and just start to come into yourself instead? even if you have to take a second shower. What feels right for you in the morning? Is it that coffee in the beginning? Is it having your coffee and just watching the sunrise? The things that seem like they're a waste of time can really bring you into your body, to the here and now, where you need to be. There's a great quote I saw from Ashley Schofield, a coach that I follow, and it is, create a life that feels good on the inside, not just one that looks good on the outside. We need to be more careful of self-gaslighting because it leads to us not holding others accountable and it leads to us staying in places that are, we are not meant to stay 
because we refuse to reject others by rejecting ourselves. You reject yourself every time that you choose to not hear your inner intelligence, your intuition, whenever it is speaking to you. That is self-rejection. And that is why we choose people who reject us. What self-gaslighting looks like is quieting yourself before you express anything, already deciding before you tell anyone else how you feel, that you're being too emotional, that you're being too sensitive. Without expressing, you decide in your own mind that you're over-exaggerating or that it's all in your head, that you can't believe yourself. If you could only be less of something or more of something, this wouldn't bother you. And it's probably your fault. Or you gaslight yourself into believing that you should do things for people because you love them, even though it doesn't feel good to do things sometimes for family all the time. You might even experience an inward need to discover whatever enough is to be because you've been told many times that you're not enough of something, you need more of this or more of that to be more complete. Remember that boundaries are necessary to have a healthy relationship. You can make this fun, and here are some things that you can try to help you. So practice asking your body questions you know the answer to and sensing in. I know we've talked about this before, but it's important to repeat again. You need to know what your yes feels like, and you need to know what your no feels like, as equally as you need to know what you being fake feels like. Being fake feels like your no, or it could feel actually even worse than your no. How does it feel when you people please in your body? We need to be able to self-reflect on this. Also, how does your language around the things that you are doing day to day feel like? Because that will tell you whether it is something that you need to change into further alignment for yourself. So I want you to feel into words, language, especially should is one that I said, ought to, need to. Is it that you want to? And to start to play, play with your imagination Imagine each experience that you could have. There's no limit to having what we want when you can imagine it. The job, the food. And how would it feel for you to have that? Does it feel good? Does it feel aligned for you? Use your full imagination. Use your sensory. If you've ever done any goddess work with me, you've used plenty of sensory in our trance work there. Have an open dialogue with your emotions. What does it want to tell you? Hear your emotions. What is the message from anger? What is the message from jealousy, from hate? I can tell you this, though. We tend to hate people when we let them go against our boundaries. Have an open dialogue with your emotions. Ask yourself what you feel and think. Just a reminder from the previous episode, and it will help with this with the gaslighting, too. Make sure that you have that alarm going to check in with how you feel and actually add in What am I thinking about? What do I think about this? Because we can get so lost in what do other people think about this that we never actually concern ourselves with our own lives. How will I feel if I don't choose what is best for me? What will choosing me feel like? What will I think about myself if I don't put myself first? How will this impact me if I choose me last? Use your imagination to see how this plays out for you. Really sense into your body, experiencing the experience. Becoming aware of your own energy versus the room, definitely work on that. Once you start doing this, you'll want to be in yours more. The chaos is not you. It can just be the energy around you. 
Return the energy that is not yours so you can feel what it feels like to be with your energy now. Choose to be in an empty room with yourself so you can calibrate and understand what feeling into being you is like and move intuitively when you do this. Dance if you feel like dancing. Make a sound if you feel like making a sound. Trust your body. Try any of these activities to bring yourself back into your body. Meditation, yoga, natural foods, body therapy, exercise, massage, kinesiology, storytelling, as in journaling, coloring books, dance, and nature. And ask yourself anytime that you have a task to do, is this actually a priority for you? Or is it a priority for someone else or impressing others or feeling like you fit in in the world? And if you're a parent, make time for you. Sense into you as you, separate from your child or your partner, hear yourself. Close the door to your bedroom and just be for a moment so that you can know to hear you again and your own needs so that you aren't overfilling the cups of others. Connect to the things you learn to love and do. Ask yourself if you really do enjoy this. Every once in a while, pick up something from your childhood or something that your lover likes or anyone else in your life and ask yourself if you really enjoy doing this or are you doing this for someone else and start to incorporate more of the things that you love. And parents, teach your kids to explore options and variety. This will continue to be open doors for them that they see all around rather than restrictions. And we do tend to create a lot of a feeling of restriction out of wanting safety for our child. But we need to also encourage exploration in some form. Take your time in making decisions and feel into what feels right and true for you before you take action. Don't allow others to pressure you. Have boundaries like a motherfucker. Release concerning yourself with others rejecting you and understand that you have the power to reject others. If they choose to disrespect you, you can reject them. And you can reject them without feeling awful about it because you're doing something good for you. You don't have to disrespect yourself to receive respect. So stop playing games. You don't have to play the gaslighter's game ever to get love. You shouldn't have to feel like you have to manipulate someone to stay with you because they're manipulating you to stay with them. I used to get advice from my family that manipulation is how you keep a lover around. It never felt aligned for me, so I never could do it. If you've ever been ghosted, you know what the games feel like. It's they text you, and then you wait like a day, and then you text them again so that you create this hook feeling that they feel like they need to write you when you're available, when you shouldn't have to do that shit with anyone. It's great to try volunteering, volunteering with animals, something where you can sense into yourself more, but not to get lost in it, in it to have boundaries around it, to have certain hours that you do volunteer, to start learning how to schedule in time for yourself. And that is something I didn't add to my list here. But you want to make sure that you're on your own calendar. Not everyone else is taking up space in your own calendar. Schedule in time for yourself. Remember that you cannot heal your wounds through dating. Grow your support system around you before you date. Invest time into them. Dating is not intended to be an all-or-nothing relationship. You don't want to give up your friends. Give up your family. Give up everything into total isolation just to be loved. Because you don't have to. If you have to sacrifice healthy bonds to have a relationship... The relationship is probably going to feel like rejection. If you've ever been gaslighted, you grew up with it. 
I want you to also keep in mind that astral projection can be really addicting because it's being outside of yourself. So there are some affirmations that you can also try other than these actions. And it's important for you to personalize these for yourself. Each day I trust my senses more and more. I hear and cherish the truth of my body in each decision. I feel healthy and connected with myself. I am allowed to be healthy and loved at the same time. The reason I say that one is, is that you may have started to, as a child, your body would get sick so that you could get the empathy, the love that you wanted as a child that you wouldn't receive. And then those illnesses started to become something more serious over time and more serious and more serious as you would reject yourself just so that you could receive love. I hear the answers deep within me. Each day I embrace the world with new curiosity and I choose what is in alignment with me. In each moment, I allow my curiosity to guide me towards what is best for me. I hear and choose what makes my body feel energized in each moment. I sense my energy in this moment and it is real. I choose to express any form of expression within me, each emotion, and not to hold on to it. Want to work one-on-one with me and stop choosing narcissistic relationships and start choosing healthy, loving, aligned relationships? Go to First Generation Healers on Facebook and definitely check out the book Out of the Fog on Scribd. Scribd is so much better than Audible. It has more options for you. You don't have to pay per book is the best part. And you can find links for all of these over in the show notes. If you found this helpful, let me know. And if you know anyone else that would benefit from this, learning about gaslighting, understanding it, and starting to implement any of these ways that they can help themselves, then share this with them.